0: Uh, so, good evening, again. Um, what I'm going to try to do tonight... It's not too loud out there? Okay. <laughs> I can really hear myself. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I'm going to try to do is I'm actually going to try to give a shorter talk and then leave more time for us to uh, interact a little bit. Um, I'm interested in you. Uh, (laughs) And I think it can be sometimes particularly fun and useful to kind of have a little bit of back and forth. Um, So, uh, because I can, you know, I could just talk and talk and talk, but uh, it's nice to be able to direct some things a little more personally and it's also nice, uh, you know, to hear each other. I think that's always can be really useful, especially when there's a, a practice community of people who are sort of trying to do what we think is the same practice. <laughs> Let's leave a lot of room in there. Uh, so. But it's, it's probably good for me to say a few things first so that uh, you can get a little bit of a feel from me, me too. It's always weird to ask questions to somebody you, you don't know. Why would you want to ask them a question? Who are you anyway? That's a really good question. Uh, I I think that uh, for me, one of the kind of uh, exciting things about uh, the kind of practice I think we're all here to do uh, is uh, that we tend in our culture to pass over ourselves even though it's the me culture, you know, me and developing me and showcasing me and pumping me up and getting me to where I need to be. Oddly, we also totally pass over me. Sort of at the same time, which I find kind of peculiar. What I mean by pass over is that uh, we don't, hang out with ourselves very long. You know, we tend not to spend a lot of time just being with ourselves, uh, looking into our own experience in a kind of sustained way. It's just, that's an unusual thing to do. Um, So, (coughs) uh, we're looking for the goodies out there. And uh, we kind of dismiss this inner world very quickly. Sometimes what happens is we have a little break in our busyness. And it may feel like a relief for the first few moments. But then maybe you're not that comfortable with yourself, actually. Maybe... uh, there's a feeling of emptiness. And I don't mean the glorious Buddhist kind <laughs> that everybody is so interested in. Not that kind. The kind where you just feel like there's a lack. You know? or Maybe you feel a kind of residual anxiety just below the surface that keeps you moving because whenever you start to slow down a little bit, you end up feeling this. <laughs> And uh, it's unsettling. Mm-hmm. So uh, it can be very interesting to watch in our daily life, in one's daily life, how quickly the mind, and you move to uh, some kind of engagement with some exterior thing. You know? Whether it's your computer or your iPod, or your car radio, or uh, your endless network of friends that you're connected to via some device, you know. Uh. Or just busyness. How are you doing? I'm busy. Everybody says that. It's like our cultural thing. I'm really busy. And it makes you kind of feel important because it means that you have things to do. It's strangely. i busy. So we can go just to our busyness. You can even go to things that are kind of like high-class engagements, you know, like... Uh, uh, you know? Go to a Dharma group. <laughs> <laughs> Who's teaching tonight? What's the attraction? You know, something to kind of take you out of you. Even though, ironically, we're here to arrive in us too. So, but you can use anything when you're in that space. You know, to kind of. So I, I think you know it's sort of we just we pass over this mind and body because we kind of early on or somehow have decided that's not really where the goods lie. That's not really where the juice is. Yeah, I know who I am, me, and I've been with me for a long time, too long actually. I'd like to change me or upgrade me or fix me. There's a lot of things I'd like to do with me, but I already kind of, we have this feeling, I already know what's here. So now let me go do something with that or pay attention to something else. Uh, But one of the... uh, Maybe it's one of the first insights in meditative practice or maybe it's just... uh, I don't know if it's a first insight, but it's uh, kind of a wonderful thing to discover that we have no freaking idea who we are, most of us, you know? I mean, just no most, no idea. You know? And so sometimes people just take, okay, there's that moment of when I've got nothing to do and I feel that anxiety, and sort of subconsciously people think, well, that's who I am. Better not go there. You know, I'll be really disappointed. If I actually go there and I discover that is who I am, I'll be way more depressed than I already am. You know, or I have that sort of broken and incomplete feeling that I'm looking to fix and fill up and complete with every, you know, the relationships or whatever. The And if I actually spend any sustained time with myself, I'm going to discover that actually I am this broken, incomplete, not good enough being. So let's just not find that out. Uh, But I'll posit that that's not who you are on a fundamental level. And one of the amazing things about practice is that we actually develop the tools to look into our own experience. Because it's, you know, if you just don't have any tools, you end up, somebody says, sit down and take a look at your mind, see who you are. You probably tried this before, even before you meditated. You just end up thinking a bunch. And it's like, yeah, you might have some interesting ideas, but you're just kind of caught up in thinking. Uh, it tends not to go that far. So I think one of the cool things about practice is that actually there's a sort of a set of tools for doing a kind of uh, deep inquiry into who is this, what is this here, and that's there. You know, not not for you. And I would posit that you are the uh, by far the most interesting person in this room. And you, uh, most people don't know that. You know, and when they hear somebody say something like that, some voice inside says, not me, maybe everybody else. But I will posit that. And the challenge of meditative practice is, hey, let's see. You know, and the Buddha said that "yepasiko" is come and see. Come and see for yourself. Uh, So, uh, it's good to have a community of people who, you know, are supporting each other in doing this kind of inquiry. This kind of looking, this kind of uh, sustained time, uh, spending time with ourselves. Because it's not, Always easy to do, you know. How do you? Because you got to be with that first little anxiety, <laughs> below the surface, before anything else emerges. You have to be with what's here already. Yeah. So. There's some new people here, and some people who' people been practicing for many, many years. Uh, but in a way, it doesn't matter. Uh, and we're not emphasizing the meditative instructions uh, tonight, but you can find them. Nice thing about the Bay Area. They're very available. You know, but really, the main thing that's needed is interest uh, and desire. Oh, did you say desire? This is a Buddhist place. <laughs> I'm not supposed to have desire. I'm supposed to be desireless. Well, you ever tried to hang out with somebody who thinks they're supposed to be desireless? It's very boring. And you may have tried to do this with yourself at some point. You know? To cut off any life impulse in yourself to achieve happiness. And it leads to a very empty not in the glorious Buddhist sense, place. Because <laughs> you're cutting. Yeah. Uh, you're suppressing. Yeah. But this is a very healthy desire. This healthy desire to know yourself. And yeah, uh, sure, you have to have some little bit of faith in the beginning that there's something of value in this mind and body that you're uh, walking around in. And I'll posit that there's an unbelievable richness and unbelievable riches there. so we meditate, we start with the breathing, uh, just calming the mind, coming out of our busy mind chatter, which is the level that we normally just live in stories and very repetitive stories, you know, patterns of thinking that are. Condition develop over time, and kind of practicing coming out of these patterns again and again into just the uh, let's call it the naked present, you know just the actuality of this moment, body breathing, yeah just here, without the overlay, without the filter of our thinking about this moment, just this experience we do that again and again, the mind starts to get stable in the present, settled. You know, we stop being so uh, hijacked all the time by this buzzy mental layer, you know? The thing that makes time off not feel restful. It's that. You know, I had all this time off and it was totally not restful. Why? It's because of your mind. <laughs> you know, that's like uh, something people discover on retreat all the time. Know? It's like, oh, this beautiful location, they get away from it all, and their mind is driving them crazy. <laughs> it's like... Uh, so that's a good insight, too, because then we know what we need to start working with. Um, but as we're a little less habitually caught in this, just this chatter level, uh, there's a... Uh, we start to open to other dimensions of our own being. Let's leave that even mysterious for now. I don't want to even say too much. You know? uh,
1: see, I could talk on and on and on, but I
0: said I want to talk briefly. So I might even stop there. Uh, yeah, let's use that as the seeding of the territory, and now we can... Uh, Engage with each other a little bit. We have a mic. Uh, uh, I'm interested in your questions around your own inquiry, your own exploration. I'm assuming that, you know, if you're here, that you've been at least attempting to spend some time with yourself and to look into your own experience, Uh, see who you are, layers of who you are. And this is not a test. You know. It's like you don't have to prove anything. You know? But uh, I'm curious about your Dharma questions. And, and then I'll kind of continue to riff as we go and maybe develop this theme a little bit. Yeah. Uh, let's pass this around so that everybody can hear. Do you mind doing that? I'm turning it on.
2: I would say I spend a fair amount of every day um, in my relationship with my dreams. Mm -hmm. And I never hear Buddhist-type people talking about dreams. What do you...
0: If I respond to that, I have to identify myself as a Buddhist type person. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I, I, no, I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm just teasing you. I'm teasing you. Oh, okay, that's totally fine. Yeah, I think you're right. At least in the Theravada tradition, there's not a lot of talk about, you know, dreams. But I think dreams are a fascinating uh, aspect of our experience. Do you want to say anything about what you're? Well, I noticing? would just say or?
2: that it's a huge way in which I know myself. Uh huh.
0: Yeah. I, I mean.
2: So. But it's so interestingly uh, absent in some most of the conversations or teachings I, I hear. Yeah. And I haven't been at this for years and years, but... You have been at this? Have it? not. Have not, yeah. Um,
0: well, you know, there's a whole kind of... Uh, maybe I'll just sketch out one possibility for playing with this. So... Um, you know, it's one thing to just pay attention to what the content of your dreams are. That can be interesting, you know, because there's all sorts of aspects of our psyche that express themselves in our dreams, you know, in ways that we may not have access to when we're awake, unconscious. And that's rich, fascinating. You can have all kinds of, uh, I mean, there was, uh, it's a wonderful way to learn about what's going on in there, you know. Uh, Another interesting thing about dreams and dream life is that you're aware of them. So, uh, you 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 say you're sleeping, right, and you dream, but uh, there was something that was aware during the dream because you can remember it. It's very very interesting.
2: For me, there is an out-of-time, out-of-the-linear story that's taking place around me oftentimes, Mm -hmm. both visually, physically, uh, intellectually, as far as um, looking at the dream. It can move through the day or or through a week or through a month, some of them even longer, Mm -hmm. um, in a way that just jostles time and I, I, I just, uh, I, it, I, I know I'm not the only person that this is going on with. So I find yeah. the lack of conversation about dreams to be kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, time is uh, uh, very jostleable, the experience of time because it's uh, mentally created, you know. So it's very flexible. Fluid, uh, as an experience. Yeah, uh, but I want to go back to your dream thing for a minute because it's very it's very important. You know, because you can remember your dream. I'm just gonna because you can remember your dream. Something was aware at the time the dream was happening. Just like this, you go home and you can remember. Oh, I was in the uh, Berkeley Buddhist Monastery and there was giving a talk and. How is that possible that you can remember that? Well, because there was something that was aware during this experience. Like right now, there's something aware. You're aware of this, right? It's undeniable, isn't it? That you're aware of this happening. It's the same when you're dreaming. There's something awake, even when you're asleep. It's just that you look back and you say, from a different state, and you say, oh, I was sleeping, you know? But you could look back through, you know, a lot of your life and say, "I was sleeping," because <laughs> the kind of aware, because there is an awareness there, but it's sort of a—you're not fully inhabiting it. Yeah, it's just like you're driving, and then you get to your destination. You have everybody has this experience. You're like, "Whoa, I was really not present for that drive. How did I get here?" But you did, so something was aware. Yeah but you were also not really fully there. It's very interesting with dreaming, because you can actually, and you may have had this experience, probably have, you can wake up in your dream, and not out of the dream, but you can be aware that you're dreaming while you're dreaming. And that's called being awake. And you can also do that right now. (laughs) So it's a very, very interesting and useful metaphor and just an experience of another dimension of reality. You know? So uh, when you have that experience in the dream and you wake up in the dream and you look around and say, wow, this is a dream. Everything becomes very vivid, doesn't it? Still in the dream world. And you can look around and you can make choices and you can say, oh, there's so-and-so and there's so-and-so. You know? And there's the abominable snowman and there's the... you know. Whatever it is. So this is, from a meditative standpoint, this is an interesting dimension of exploration too because that's practice. You know? and, uh, and it's not state-dependent per se. Yeah? So we have different ways that consciousness, consciousness can form. There's also deep sleep where there's no content. Yeah? But there's some awareness that's knowing all of this experience. And that awareness is a great mystery And it's very, very immediate, it's right here. It's the basis of all your experience, all of this experience. And it's the most interesting thing about you. I'll pause it in that kind of, yeah, it's so vast and so uh, rich. Uh, And it's the basis of all experience, like right now. This is just like the dream you're describing. It's all arising in awareness. Just like the dream, it's arising in your awareness, right? And this is all arising in your awareness, everything you're seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, touching, and thinking. Rising to what? And that's that's an interesting inquiry, too. So that's not so much about the content of dreams, which are also interesting, just like the content of life is interesting. Even if there is this mysterious, what is this that's the and it forms the sort of basis on which all of this is arising and being known. Still the content is very interesting and there's learning and growing and development that happens. You know, uh, Even though this d- dimension of who we are actually doesn't develop and doesn't need any developing, it can't be completed because it's already complete. It's actually the uh, basis of everything and it's you. So I'm just, I get excited, but I'm just going on <laughs> But then the contents of dreams also, and that experience of the time, and yeah, it's fascinating. I would really include it, even if no Buddhist-type people are talking about it. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I didn't think that they would, you know, be judgmental or anything like
0: that. Yeah, and there are, in, other, in some traditions, there's dream yoga, you know. If you do wake up in your dream, try meditating be interesting, you know?
2: I've never woken up in my dream. Well, I, well, I may have, but I, I don't,
0: I don't yeah. recall. Anyway, if, you know, if that sort of happens, but you can also learn how to do that. Yeah. There's all kinds of books about lucid dreaming, and it's just another dimension. You don't have to do that. It's not mandatory, but it's interesting. To, you can also just do it while you're awake. That's really useful. <laughs> awake, huh? So even awake can is a very flexible concept. Are you awake? <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah, up here. Can oh thanks. You talked about. Is this on? It's on. Yeah, just you put. Yeah.
1: You talked about tools <clears throat> uh-huh. to know yourself. Yeah. And um, then you stopped.
0: And then I stopped. Uh-huh. I was, yeah, I was sort of assuming but this is. I know there's some new people here tonight. I'm so, I was sort of assuming that most people here were already practicing, and so they kind of n- know the instructions, the meditation instructions. But I'm really happy to review them. Why not? When, hey. I mean, the basic instructions are really the whole thing. So it's, not only is it good to review them, it's good to hear them fresh. You know? uh, I, it's one thing I think that people who practice for years and years really discover you keep rediscovering the basic instructions and realizing, oh, I, didn't, I thought I understood this, but I didn't. So I'm just validating that. That's a useful thing to do. Okay, let's do basic instructions. So our mind is a scattered... I'm going to try to think of a gentle term for it. Our mind's very scattered a lot of the time. <laughs> you know? It's it just caught up thinking about stuff, and it's totally out of our control, right? If we actually pay attention to it. It's just like when people think the meditation instruction is not to think. Yeah, try that for a minute. Good luck. <laughs> you can't do it. Nobody can. Well, anyway, so, so our, you know, it's just, and when you sit down to meditate, the first thing you realize is that, oh, my God, I'm trying to be with my breathing, because so that's the first instruction. Breathe in, breathe out. Okay, you're breathing all the time, so you're an expert breather, but paying attention to it is really hard. And why is it hard? Because we're just caught up in thinking. Yeah, But it's not like, most of the time, it's not like that kind of really rich thinking that you can sometimes get into. You know, sort of like reverie or the stuff that's sort of in between waking and sleeping, you know, where it's sort of like, wow, it feels like, no, most of the time it's not that. It's sort of anxious thinking about the future <laughs> and the past and about me and how I'm going to get everything. Yeah, So we're, we're just like totally slaves to that. Yeah, and it runs us around. And that's why it's hard for people to rest. Yeah. Unless you're plugged into your iPod, in which case you're kind of like drowning out that noise with some other noise, <laughs> you know? Or you're in some amazingly beautiful place. That's why people pay so much money to go on vacation. And, you know, so you can get some amazingly beautiful place. If it's so amazing, then you stop thinking about your usual stuff for a while. Oh, it's so amazing. And that's great too, you know, but, but then you have to find a more amazing place. You know? So it's very s- dependent on these externals. Because we do, yeah, okay, I'm in this amazing place and I really feel connected to nature, so yeah. But then you go back to your regular life and you're planning your next vacation. So this is sort of the, our basic normalcy. So the first instruction is, well, so how do we start to learn how to not be so caught up in this layer of virtual reality which is your thinking about everything you know and a lot of your thinking sorry to say is totally wrong you know and it's based on and you can just look at it, it's like your judgments about other people and about yourself i mean it's totally kooky you know but you judge people it's very interesting on retreat they're people you don't know you come up with very elaborate stories about them and you know and you really caught up in it and then the ones about yourself well they're equally untrue but they feel really true because they've been with you for a while yeah how you're never going to do this or you always this or and then other people know you this and you know that stuff so we practice noticing this is the, the basic instruction and it's so profound that you can notice when your mind gets caught up in some thought train and you can gently Disengage from that, and come back to the breathing that 's a huge power. This is not to be like, no, get me to the advanced stuff. No, no. If you can notice that your mind goes off and you 're sitting here meditating and you 're back with your family over Christmas and hashing over all those things that happened and who said what and then and then they did it again, you know this <laughs> is just everybody in the room probably. You know? So you know, and then so you can notice, oh, there I am in Cleveland with my family, you know, and you're actually re-experiencing all of the things that you experienced then, and you can, this is a practice. Notice that that's a mentally created reality. It's not here. Yeah? And through practice, then you come back to the breath, just for a moment. Yeah, as we do this again and again, we get good at it. Yeah, we get skilled at it both at noticing virtual realities, which are what cause all of your worry and grief about the future and past. Because that stuff's not here, right? Show me the future right now. It is not anywhere except in your mind and my mind when I'm thinking about it. But when you're not thinking about it, it's not there. And same with the past. There is no, you cannot show anybody that because it does not exist anywhere except as a thought. That's profound too. I mean, that's amazing. These worlds are created that seem so real and they're not. But that's where we live much of our time, in mentally created worlds. So you can notice mentally created world and you can come out of it. Or at least just know it's a dream, yeah? When you wake up in a dream, you know it's a dream. Like, the fact that the monster is coming around the corner, it's not as scary. You're like, oh, yeah, this is, I'm in a dream. You know, and you maybe talk back to the monster, which you can't do if you think it's real. Because then you're like, I'm about to get whatever monsters do to people. You know? So this is this is a good thing to be able to do, yeah? So so every time you're sitting, every time you notice your mind wanders, don't just come back to the breath. People do that way too fast, you know. Oh, I'm thinking, come back. No, notice, what, notice where you are. There's a world present. Watch it for a moment. Oh. Yeah. And then see if you can notice you're still breathing. Yeah. You do this again and again, again and again. A few different things happen. One is you start to spot when this is happening much quicker. First it's like, okay, half an hour I've been lost in family land. So you start to notice sooner. Yeah? Also you start to live from here more. Here is the being present here. Yeah? Less of the sleepwalking that we were talking about. And I, Sometimes I think of it as like, normally people are just like 98% in virtual reality, and 2% here. But the balance starts to shift. You know, it's like 85% virtual. <laughs> you know, until you can actually, whoa, you live here and you make forays into the imagined future. Yeah? Not that you don't get caught up, but it's, it's not so out of your control. Yeah? yeah, you're living here. This is a good place to live because you're already here, so you might as well live here you know? So, so that's one thing. And this is just from the first instruction. So we develop the steadiness of awareness. It's an awareness that can be with what's happening. Because you're learning how to just be with the breath the way it is. This is another thing that we're not very good at. Being with experience the way it is without trying to manipulate or change it or improve it or fix it or manage it. So just learning how to be with your breathing, breathe in, breathe out, it's very valuable. After you get practiced at that and sort sort of living here a little more, you start to expand that to every aspect of your experience that arises. Sensations in the body, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. Those sensations run you around all day. Running after pleasant feelings, running away from discomfort, Without you even thinking about it, you're just getting run around by very subtle sensations. So we can be mindful of those sensations and learn how to be with them without being run around by them. That's another freedom. You're not afraid of discomfort. Yeah, You don't have to go and, no, you can just actually be here. Because frankly, when you're here, you realize life is fairly uncomfortable a fair amount of the time. It's part of being in this realm. We expand to moods and emotions. We learn how to be with fear, sadness, anger, uh, loneliness. You know, but we build up to that. That's why it's a gradual path. You know, you start with the breathing, the body coming out of the virtual reality, expand to being with sensations. You know, notice the difference between there's stabbing pain in my knee and. My knee's about to fall off. I'm going to be a cripple for the rest of my life. You know, that's virtual reality. Yeah, Start to notice the difference. Now we expand moods and emotions. Very useful. I mean, you know people who can't be with their anger. Yeah? It's hard to be with anger. Anger is a part of human experience. But it's our inability be, to be with it which allows us to pass it off on everybody around us. I can't be with it, so here, you take it. You know? Or I pretend i don 't have any, and then you still have to take it, but in a more roundabout way, <laughs> you know same with sadness, very- val- yeah, we all have grief and sadness, but it's our inability to be with our own grief, our stuffing it, you know, our inability to let ourselves grieve, cry, and know that we can actually we can be with that level of it, let it move through us, that makes us stuff it in various places, and then just eats away at our life force. You know, where we have to close down and live a truncated existence without juice. All of these emotions have a lot of juice in them. Living life force. So it's very valuable. Fear. You know, we're, we're ruled by fear. But when we develop the steadiness of attention, we can actually be with fear and not be afraid of it. And that's very valuable. So, okay, so we're expanding... So this is all part of who you are in this theme from the beginning. Getting to know you. So we get to know all these aspects and we learn how to be with all of it as it's arising. The nice thing about meditating is you don't need to go search of anything. If you hang out with yourself, all this stuff will arise. You just have to be right here. It's a very easy job. No, it's a very simple job. But it's kind of challenging to do it. Yeah. Then... Also we can also be aware of our mental life so rather than just coming out of virtual reality when we see when it arises as a thought world we can develop a steadiness of awareness that's so steady and just not so steady as some special thing but just yeah it's just normal here that you can see thought worlds arise and watch them play out yeah so you're not so you're not caught in them it's like you're watching a movie or you're watching a a dream you know it's not the way it is, you see through it, and when you can see a thought arise in real time, you realize a thought is nothing. It's like so insubstantial, as almost to be embarrassing that you believe any of them. You know, it's like a like a movie or a, less substantial because in a movie there's like a real screen. There's, you know, there's nothing here, but it's really it's so compelling. And I'm not, not to make light of this. It's like, you know, wars are created, you know, from this conceptual level. Like racism, sexism, all of these isms, you know, and hatred of, uh, that comes out of this level. Yeah, so it's not that it's nothing. Actually, it's so insubstantial, but it rules our life. It's like a magic show, you know, and it is, has that kind of power to it. So we can actually become aware of all of this in us, yeah? Because you have all of that in you, you know? You have, you know, and sometimes in these spiritual circles, you know, we want to just be pretend that everybody's all loving and nice. But no, you have all of the opposite of that, you know? So it's only by being with it and making peace with all of that in ourselves that we actually uh, can be forces of peace in the world. So I'm kind of going on. It's a basic question, but it's very important. So as we see more and more into the... Then we also start to see into the nature of everything that arises in the mind and body, not just able to be with it. But we also start to see, as the attention gets very steady, how impermanent it is. It's all coming and going, changing. It's all selfless. It's arising due to conditions. You know, you're not choosing the thoughts in your head. Yeah, They're arising due to conditions. You know... I, you would choose different content most of the time wouldn 't you be honest, I definitely would you know it 's like okay i cho- I would write different content if I was really the screenwriter you know so uh, so we start to see the selfless arises doing to causes and conditions it starts to feel less personal you know so uh, anyway, and on and on and then we also start to touch into as uh, as we get really less. Scattery, we also start to touch into that. What is that something, it's not a thing, but what is this that's allowing all of this to be known? You know, this, what is it that, in you, you know, that's, that's sub, I don't know, it's hard to find really good language for it, but uh, what is it that's underlying all experience? we start to feel that familiarize ourselves with that taste that rest in that and that isn't coming or going or up and down it's not past present or future it's not uh, bound by time it's none of that but it's also very very vividly here right now as the allowing all of this experience to happen so there's a very brief sketch of the <laughs> the tools yeah? and all what it comes down to is really this very simple thing if you're to remember one thing it's notice where the mind goes hang there for a moment and come back for a moment doing this again and again the whole thing unfolds from there you don't even you don't have to be smart you don't have to have a, like a fancy intellect nothing if you can do this actually the real place that hangs people up is they don't do it it's like that's the main thing, people don't actually do it, and so really, the main thing would be like faith and desire, you know, and it's really just just this moment. It's not like, oh, I've got to do the next ten years, just do this moment, you know, and then do it now, this moment, you know so it's just one moment, it's just one breath, and it's this one, and that's the whole thing, so it's simple um, but if you're on Facebook all day, you might forget to do it. I'm not on Facebook, by the way. I'm holding out. You might have to make, do some renunciation. Is that helpful? Yeah? Okay. Thanks for, thanks for asking that. It's really it's important. It's really important. And that's, I think, what's so interesting is it's simple, but as you practice for a while, and you've probably experienced this, those of you who for years, you'd be on a long retreat, you've heard the instructions a thousand times, a couple months into it, and you think, wait, what are the instructions again? <laughs> it's confounding, because it's so profound. It's so simple, it's so, it's like we can deepen into this infinitely, I think. So it's good to be reminded, and it's good to have friends remind each other. Hey, I'm terrified. I'm totally caught up in this thing. What am I supposed to do? Oh, you're supposed to be with it. Oh, yeah. What's happening? Oh, this is happening. Great. Reminder. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the, in the back, right there. Hold on one sec. The mic, we'll, we'll have the mic come to you. So just to say, also, during the course, we, we don't have that much time left, but uh, just notice. You can track this even when other people are talking. It's not like you have to be in some special meditative position for it. You know, Notice when you're here. Yeah? Hearing, seeing take a look around in this dream, you know. You can practice that way. You can trick yourself into being present. You know, sometimes you could think of it as like, oh, imagine if this was just a virtual reality simulation. All you have to do is say that and then you're like, "Wow, it's so real looking." <laughs> look at this body. It feels like a real body, you know. You you get really present, right? Because you're in it's just cuz you're interested. You know, just because it's like, oh, new, you kind of excited yourself. (laughs) So you can be present. You can. That's that's proof. So sometimes you have to trick yourself, and then you get the experience of it, and then you say, oh, yeah. Okay. And you can notice when other people are talking uh, reactions. You have reactions. You're a human being. So rather than pretending you're not supposed to have them, no, I'm supposed to love everybody, right? I'm a Buddhist type person. No. If you're judging somebody, really pay attention to that. Not as a bad thing, but just like, okay, feel the feeling in your body. Notice the mind. It's just a thought. You don't have to be scared of it. It's not who you are. Yeah? It, it's actually not being scared of it that allows you to see it all and to have it be less sticky for you, less personal. It's only the fact that you think it's so personal. If I judge people, I'm judgmental, and then it's, I don't belong in this Buddhist group. You know, I'm a bad person. I always knew it. You know, that's what I've been told my whole life, and now here's proof. Yeah, so it's like you already took yourself out of the game. So don't take yourself out of the game. Just include it. Whatever's arising, include it. Especially if you think that's not supposed to be included. It is. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. In the back?
1: Well, uh, uh, you spoke uh, earlier about taking the refuges, and I have find that um, I've been doing this over a period of time, and... I feel as if that's one of the benefits or one of the things that's happening lately is that I think, oh, this is a refuge. And I, I when I sit, it's not so much anymore as your teacher Kornfeld said, it's uh, one insult after the other on the cushion, you know. Uh, and it's not anymore. Mm-hmm. And I find this idea of, Refuge, ah, I can go and s- sit on the cushion and find um uh, surcease in uh the Buddha, the Dharma, and the yeah. um sangha i uh I like the idea of late of the um looking at this as a, as a refuge mm-hmm. uh, Do you agree with? that?
0: Uh, Do I agree with that Uh, that for you? you, you,
1: No, well, I just meant that one of the benefits over time is that you cease to think of it as a, um, oh, here we go again with the perseveration and the terrible stuff on the cushion and everything. And then now, lately, I have been able to say to myself, this is is my refuge. I see. Well,
0: see, this is very good. If your refuge is your own body and mind, if you can be with yourself, and that's beautiful. Yeah. If it, if the path didn't, you know, if, if practicing didn't lead anywhere, actually it doesn't lead anywhere to a place. But yeah, you become friends with yourself. You, you you become comfortable with all this stuff that's coming and going. You start to know its nature more. It starts to feel less personal. The insults, you're not as... You don't even care as much. Yeah, that leads to peace, you know. And then you start to feel like you're at home. Yeah, but that's not dependent on being in the Berkeley Buddhist Monastery either. It's you, wherever you are. So that's yeah, that's very valuable. Uh, and that's really that's what refuge is. Yeah, you're taking refuge in the Buddha, y- your Buddha nature. You know, the Buddha is you. It's not some you know, I mean, it can be useful to take refuge in the Buddha as a historical figure, inspiring figure, but ultimately, yeah, you're taking refuge in yourself, you know, your own uh, nature and making peace with yourself. Very, very valuable. I agree with that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. So uh, we only have a, f- a few minutes left and um so maybe we won't take another uh sharing question um, but uh, I just I'll just say you know it's a pleasure to be here and to be sitting here with all of you and Uh, I respect you greatly for even coming to a group like this and for doing this kind of practice. I think it's, not only do I think it's really valuable, but I think it's um, good for the planet, you know, and good for the world. Uh, It's good for your neighbors. It's good for your family members. It's even good for you, you know, but not good for you like your vegetables are good for you. It's not like that, like, you know. It's uh it's good. What else are we gonna do? You know, and it um, it um, makes life fuller, richer. Yeah. Not necessarily like easier in a sort of a cakewalk kind of way. You actually open up to greater levels of uh Difficulty too, you know. You can. Uh, one of my teachers in Burma, somebody asked him. And this is just their model, so don't take it as sort of. I just use it to share. points. He says, "Why does uh, enlightenment happen in stages? Why doesn't it happen at all all at once?" He says, "Because you wouldn't be able to tolerate the pain or the joy." Yeah. So it's not all joy. Yeah. So the idea there, the reason I love that is that it's really. You're opening up to the fullness of humanness, yeah? to also the, the pain, the dark places, the sadness, the fear, and to be able to live with that, uh, live in that, without being defeated by it and without being defined by it. Uh, it's a very free place. Then you don't have to go anywhere. You, know? you don't have to fix everything. Uh, you can fix what you care about fixing. You, know, you can attend to things that you feel like need to be attended to, but you're not being run around by the world. You don't have to run away all the time, run away from yourself, run away from difficulty. Because on this, in this realm, uh, there's plenty of uh, joy and sorrow. There's plenty of... Uh, there's the, the full range. Okay. I'm going to look down at the... Uh, Next thing in your sequence. Okay, dedication of merit. So I'll close by dedicating the merit. It's a pleasure being with all of you. Please uh, continue to uh, look into who you are. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed uh, if you continue doing it. You might be disappointed in the moment, but only if you're identifying with the condition of the moment as me. So, may we continue to look deeply into our own experience. And may we see things as they are. May this clear and sustained knowing free us for the sake of all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. May all beings be free. May all beings be happy and free.